Hey everybody, happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining the Modcast. This is the 25th episode. I am so excited about that. I have an amazing guest today, my dear, dear, dear friend, Elijah Shaw. He is an entrepreneur. He is just all of the things. I can't wait for you all to meet him and know him. I'm just putting it in here. How's everybody doing? I am currently in snowy New York. This this snow is no joke. It's really, really crazy. Uh, I have a rental car that's currently um, stuck on the street in a pile of snow. So, you know, things happening. But hey, look, we, we still came for the Modcast. And I'm about to go with my guest, Elijah Shaw. Hi, Elijah. Hey. So it's connecting. Hi, Elijah. Hi. Welcome to the Modcast. The first thing you have to do, because I have a theme song, is give us a little shimmy, a little shoulder. I need to see a little dance, okay? Uh, what did you say? I've got the solo two-step. Like, it won't translate well. You don't have a shoulder? Yeah. Elijah. Is that it? You got it? Not even like a ha. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're like, ha. You know what's really funny before I do your formal introduction? What's that? Is that we've been friends for several years and I've never seen you dance, which is a very rare thing right. for my friend group. Cause, and not even meaning, you know, like professional dancer. I mean, like, I dance all the time, go out, we dance. Yep. But every time we're out, you're working. Yes. And probably we weren't out, I wouldn't be dancing. But... Like, you're the professional. I'm going to let you do that. And... <laughs> no, but you know, there's this great African proverb, Elijah, and it says, okay. it's, it says, if you can talk, you can sing. If you can walk, you can dance. Now, wait, granted. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't say I couldn't dance. Oh. Oh. So you're just being selective about that, who you're showing your dance skills to. It's hidden. It's like a hidden talent. Oh, I need you to unhide that talent for me. <laughs> well, let me intro let me give you your proper introduction, Elijah. Elijah Shaw is one of my dear, 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 most favorite people. Um, we met through Felton Brown, who's one of my best friends from forever. Um, we met in Las Vegas, which is so funny. And so Elijah, on every modcast, I wear something that's representative of our my guests like connection or friendship and so i have on my paris hoodie because we saw each other in paris that's right yes yes we saw each other in paris hey on then no that was I, I had the beret on i had the beret on for my mom and for my vision board remember right, right. yes 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 everybody needs a special thing okay i also pulled out these gold hoops because of that fur jack that fur um coat you had well, if I'd have known this, I would have like changed and put on something representative of, you know. Well, you're wearing red and you're wearing a smile, and that is all that matters. So you're wearing color and a smile, and that is all that matters in the podcast. There it is. So for everybody that's just joining, this is Elijah Shaw. He is an entrepreneur. He is an author, a speaker, a teacher, um, and his profession. What he is amazing at, and the best, the best on the planet is security but it's 
at a higher level, it's personal security. Like, have you ever seen the movie The Bodyguard? Kevin Costner ain't got nothing on Elijah, okay? He ain't got nothing on Elijah. So, he's Elijah. I'm, I'm real. He's And he's also a real person. He's not going to throw up a scarf and let it break on a, on a sword. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Elijah has worked with some of your favorite celebrities from Usher. Um, Into that person, yeah. He he has worked with everybody that you want to that you would want to meet, and he has protected them very well. He also has a book out that's on Amazon that we're going to get to in the interview. We're so excited about that. And you know, Elijah, you your job is really you put yourself out there. Like you're you're risking your life for your job, okay. and it's a it it can it could be a it can be a dangerous job. And it can be extremely stressful, but you are always so joyful. And the modcast is all about joy and how do we find joy okay. in whatever we do? Because, you know, if you magnify the negative, the negative is going to be bigger. If you magnify the positive, it'll be bigger. And so today, I know you're used to being asked questions about like protection and how do we do stuff and very technical things. Right. But today, we're talking about you, Elijah, and also you are always the person protecting and and being with the person who is the quote-unquote star but to me you are a star so today is all about you elijah oh well thank you Ma. <laughs> so my first question is always because i don't drink alcohol is what is your favorite non-alcoholic drink oh this is easy an unsweetened icy with extra lemons oh that was really most people have to think about it that was really easy well, I drink iced tea and water. That's it. So it's like. Oh, somebody said no sugar brings you joy. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Exactly. I love it. I love it. So, Elijah. Yes. How do you, in a profession like yours, how do you find balance and how do you find joy on a micro level day to day and then on a macro level? Gotcha. Well, to tell you the truth, that was you know, I've, I've been in my industry for a really long time. So I'm like closing in really close on 30 years, which is crazy, right? Wow. Because I've been doing it since I was 10. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, you look 30, Elijah. So you just, you came out the womb protecting people. Exactly. But, <laughs> but for the longest time, like that was my challenge to, because I was, um, I was really focused on work, on learning my craft, on doing it, on perfecting it, on building my business and my brand that I was all in. And I kind of felt like I needed balance. And I remember when it actually happened for me, uh, this like kind of moment of realization, I'm sorry. Um, and that was, I was I was talking to somebody and I was talking to them about Paris actually. Look, there's the connection. And I mentioned that I had been to Paris for four times and I had never seen the Eiffel Tower. Wow. So at that point there, because I was so focused on work and you know what I mean? And it was like from sun up to sundown, et cetera. And so I said, you know what? I've got to figure out a way to kind of make time for myself. Mm -hmm. so, and I had to actively do that. Wow. And so one of the joys of my life um, was film. And then that kind of transitioned over into photography. And so what I did was I kind of made it a point because I, I travel quite a bit. I travel about 70, you know this, but I travel about 70, 75% of the year. And <laughs> 
national. So I said, yo, I'm in these cool places already. Why don't I go see them? And then to make sure I go see them, I'll go see them with my camera so I can work on my craft. And you've seen this kind of my pictures because I send them to you once I take them, so. And everybody listening here, when I was giving your bio, see, you're a slasher. Do you know what a slasher is? It means somebody who has all these, like, talents. And I, I left off photographer. Y'all, Elijah's <laughs> photos, his photography is so good. I have been trying to bully him into doing a photo, a photography show. And if you guys have ever seen Elijah, he is about twice my height in <laughs> twice my size and height and muscle. But I'm trying to bully Elijah into um, showing the world his work because it is stunning. And it's from all over the world and places that honestly are like really hard to get to and places that most people will never see. Like as much as I travel, I'm an avid traveler. You have some photographs where I'm like, I could never get there. <laughs> you know, like. When you tell me about the trip and the car and the, the sleep outside, and I'm like, ooh, I'm, mm -mm. I'm like, the plane don't go there. <laughs> yeah, but so that, that was the thing that did it for me. And so once I, once I put that in my head and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, that means like getting up at 5 a.m., you know, before I have to like officially start my day to go do something, or at the end of the night when all I want to do is just fall into bed you know, jumping in an Uber and, and going to see, you know, just like a walk through an old city somewhere. Like mm -hmm. I do that now. And uh, and so then I get back home and I uh, process the photos and, and edit the photos and I kind of relive that whole thing again and then build a collection from there. So that's where I've kind of found my joy. And then, you know, people like you kind of press me a little bit. So I've started like kind of, you know, printing the photos out and sharing them in a limited way. Uh, but so, so that's, that's the satisfaction I kind of get out of there. Just like learning something new and then finding a creative way to, to express that outlet. No, I mean, it's amazing. What I love, I mean, well, it's funny. Everybody here, funny story. When I first met Elijah, I thought he was mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I was like, he is, I said to Felton, your friend is mean. I was, like, I was like, he was like looking at me all mean. He is mean. Now, what I didn't understand and I didn't, no, and I didn't have the wherewithal to respect the craft yet, was that he was working. And everybody else, we were at a party, everybody else is having fun, he's working. And so it's like, no, he's not rude, he's just really good at his job. Because <laughs> if for somebody, for me to look at somebody and smile and then look at me like, with an ice girl, I'm like, oh my God, they have, that is a reflection on them, they have a problem, they are mean, blah, blah, blah. And then later on that night, after you had finished working, we got to speak and I was like, oh, he's actually really, really nice. You were like hating on me in the beginning is what you're saying. I was, well, because I thought you were mean. I got it. <laughs> and that was like six years ago. No, that was seven years ago. That was seven years ago, yeah. That was seven years ago and I thought you were mean, but I also realized that I don't think, I don't know if you knew who I was in terms of being a friend and not a, like a, you know, crazy person. I don't know that you're not a crazy person, but, <laughs> I, but, but I'm, I get that all the time. Like, you know, because I do, like, I take my career very seriously and I take the mm -hmm. role. I mean, you know this, but, and so once I was like off duty and like, you know, like, look at right now, we talk about stuff all the time that has nothing to do with anything. It's just hilarious. It's, no, and, and I think that that's what's so cool. And I feel like a lot of people have negative interactions with people who 
have your job. Like even when you're looking at like security at a club or mm -hmm. we see like crazy stuff online with like certain people's, certain celebrities, securities, like, at, like treating people really bad or like being really physical with them and really mean um, and, and like physically aggressive and violent. How do you like keep your cool and your calm? Because I've never, I've always seen you control a situation without having to like act crazy or, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, one is, you know, like I said, I've been doing it a while. So I had, I paid those dues and you know what I mean? Like trial and error. But, you know, I really think that at the end of the day, once you figure out what the objectives are, which is to keep your clients safe, once you mm -hmm. figure it out, then it's just a matter of um, just making everything flow smoothly. And if I, you know, get into a fist fight with somebody or, you know, super belligerent, like, well, I'm starting the thing or, you know, I'm going to win that, but it doesn't like help the objective, you know? And so once you kind of realize that, mm -hmm. then, you know, then everything kind of flows smoothly. Um, so, so I, I actively have to like, you know, like you know, control my temper. Cause you know, you'll get drunk people or people that are extra pushy or extra, extra whatever. You know, you know, you just categorize that and just realize, like, okay, this is gonna pass. You know what I mean? Uh, and if it has to go there, it has to go there. But that's 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 really limited, and that's not anything that I want to promote or endorse. Or you know what I mean? Like, th there's a whole bunch of ways you can do this job, and I don't I don't hit the papers, and my clients don't hit the papers for the wrong reasons. I love it. So here's a question: How? important is joy in your life in the terms in the sense of if there was like some super famous person that asked you to work for them but you were like i really don't like their ethics or their character and they're like i'm gonna pay you whatever you want what's more important your joy or that yeah, that's job sure so so you notice I, I teach a course uh an accredited course on my industry and we have a section on ethics and um and I always tell the students, I'm like, I don't spend a whole bunch of time talking about ethics because everybody has their own personal ones. And usually in public, they always say the right thing. Right. Now, what you're going to do, you're just going to say the things that are not going to get you, you know, funny looks from everybody else. With that said, though, like I'm at a point in my career, and I have been for a while, where I only work with people that I want to work with. Now, mm. everybody doesn't have that that luxury, you know, you might have a job just doing whatever you don't like your boss and your coworkers, et cetera. But I'm at a point where I don't have to do that. And so, 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 so because of that, like I'm very selective on like future clients. I'm very selective on the people that I hire or the people that, you know, that I have to be around, et cetera. And so I've been fortunate in that regards. With that said, even if that wasn't the case, I have a line and, and that line when somebody crosses it, like, like, I don't, I don't move the line. I don't say, okay, well, this, you know what I mean? And everybody should have an internal line, you know, whatever mm. that is. So, you know, you're like, okay, this is as far as we're going here. And then when that person crosses that, then you're like, okay, I got to step back, not make excuses, not go up. The money's great. And I've been offered a stupid amount of money, Mark, to work with some people. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay with that. Wow. So saying no, is can be helpful you know what i mean it could be it because it could lead to create another opportunity somewhere else you know and uh and i'm okay with that and even if i lose an opportunity just because it's something that i disagree with morally or ethically i'm all right with that too I, i'll sleep okay i love that elijah knowing your 
this too. And this is without getting on a soapbox, but no, I no, Elijah, this is what the podcast is for. Okay? Is it a soapbox? <laughs> because it's a good soapbox. It's not self-righteous. It's true. And people, I love the know your line. Please. Yeah. Well, the the other piece that you know, in my industry, and I know like, you know, people can see TMZ and all the gossip things and the shade room and all that, but there's a lot of times where you'll have public figures, mm -hmm. executives or whatever. And they're in the news for something that they did that was really stupid. You know what I mean? That was, you know, illegal or immoral or something like that, right? There's usually people in their circle, in their entourage. And at that point there, they're like, oh, I didn't know, or, you know, or I was going to say something, or et cetera. So, see, I'm not going to be that person. So you make that choice ahead of time, you know? And, uh, I, I, you know, in, in the class, I talk to my students, and I'm like, look, if you've got a strong anti-drug policy, it doesn't make any sense to work for Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, you, you would know that going into it. Like, you can't be surprised, right? So if the car gets pulled up, like, oh, who's got weed in the car? You can't be like, ah, oh, what am I doing, right? So Facts. that's, what I'm saying. So that's my, my point. So anything I get into, I'm getting to knowingly. And I have that line where I'm like, nah, I can't play anymore. Because you do the research. Yeah. I think I think that that's really important too. But I think like knowing your line, because you know a lot of young people are listening as well, but adults too. I think that some people are too slippery with their line, and then you end up in you can end up in a dangerous situation. You can end up in an unhappy situation. It just leaves you in a precarious situation. And so for anybody who's listening who maybe is trying to figure out where is their line, what are some steps that they can do to try to figure that out for themselves? Sure. Um, well, I think the the first thing is to kind of chart your course, like like do a roadmap. You know, it's if you got a business, do your business plan, or if you got a a whiteboard, you know, create your whiteboard and put a list of things that you want to do. So then you figure out the end goal. Then you have to just figure out how you're going to get there. And as you kind of strategize that out, and you kind of role play that out, and you, you we call it like war game it out, tabletop it out. You're going to come and encounter challenges. So think about it how you would deal with those challenges, you know? And so if you, so then by the time you encounter it, it's not brand new. You're like, oh, I thought about this situation. I'm not going to do this. Or I'm, so most of the time when people get in trouble or they make a really stupid decision, it's because they hadn't thought about it, right? That's Right, you know, like something happened really quick and you said, I go left instead of go right. But if you spent some time early on, again, role playing, you know, just thinking it through, discussing it with, you know, your friends, your peers, your coworkers, then you've kind of got a little bit of a foundation to say, all right, this didn't work out when I thought about it in my brain. Why would it work out in real life? I love that. I, I think that it, I love that you said role playing. And it reminded me when I was like in first or second grade, I Wait, went to a really- When you were in first or second grade? You said what? You can remember that when you were- oh. I don't know if you know, my memory is like exquisite. I remember the day we met, I remember the outfit I wore. I remember the what your glasses looked like. I, I have like a very strangely great memory. Okay, all right. But in first or second grade, we used to have to do these things. And I went to French immersion school, so I learned all this in French. And we would have to say, I feel, in French, I feel blank when you blank. And we had to learn how to like express ourselves in situations that made us feel uncomfortable. And it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine 
in their 30s the other day and she was like i never learned how to advocate for myself in that way mm. and that role playing when we were in first and second grade has literally stayed with me my whole life because you know me elijah i have no problem saying how i feel None. <laughs> <laughs> which has honestly been a godsend in so many ways from personal to career to friendships to relationships to be able to say like like how you're talking about drawing the line like i know my line i feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. let me not be afraid to express this right. um i think one of the you know they say like teachers are like angels on earth and right. obviously you have this booming career you're good like your business is great and then you decided to start this accredited course to help the next generation of people in your field what inspired that and what keeps that going for you mm, um well what inspired it was like kind of a like a, a desire to give back so i figured out like, okay you know i have some measure of success in what i do so how can i kind of pay it for it um but the thought really came from the fact that when I was interested in getting into my profession, I couldn't afford it. Like, I, you know, I wanted to go and take like oh, a fish. Wow. I was like, nah, this is like way too expensive. Like, I, you know, I can't do it. So, yeah. so I spent a lot of time just kind of, uh, you know, learning on the job and trying to figure it out like on the fly and making a ton of mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is kind of take the mistakes that I made and, and be able to kind of distill that so somebody else doesn't have to recreate the wheel every time. But I do remember that there was like this big price barrier for me uh, early on. So I wanted to make it in a way where like it's accessible. So, so there's certain things that we do that, are, um, that, that make it easier for people to take the class. Like we have uh, financing and I do a scholarship every time I do the class. So, That's not, I didn't even know that, Elijah. And somebody gets in for free every time they get to class. And then the people that graduate from the course, it isn't just like, all right, see you later. They're part of like the network that we do continuing training. So it, it, you know, so it works out. So again, those were the ways that I could kind of take the things that I thought um, I would love to have had, you know, uh, early on and, and it kind of give it to somebody else. And then with the hope that once they get wherever they want to be, they do the same thing. So, I love that, Elijah. You know, it's interesting because I never thought about it being inaccessible financially. Yeah. Because again, you don't like how dance is really expensive, which is why we have all of our scholarship stuff. Mm -hmm. I never even considered that. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's people that do what I do without any type of formalized training. But part of the reason is, is <laughs> super expensive, you know, and, uh, and it, and it, and then the other part is, is that, you know, some guys can just get into the business because they're big or they get into right. the know somebody and all that's fine until something goes wrong. But, uh, but so, you know, so again, the, the formalized training thing, that, that piece there, I, I knew that was a barrier of entry for a lot of people, particularly pricing. So I just wanted to kind of make that more accessible and, and you know, and make people realize that, you know, like for instance, there's women in the industry but nobody knows about it. Like, you know, girls or, 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 or women who are like trying to figure out a career, they never think about what we do, right? Never. And, and it's, so they go do something else, but there's a ton of women that are in the industry and they have great roles because um, they're so sought after. You know what I mean? Wow. 
that's right. So there's a there's a limited pool, so that means they kind of get to name their price, etc. Uh, but so again, kind of creating that awareness and creating like an outlet for someone where they don't have to be like they don't have to come from like the military, they don't have to come from uh, mm -hmm. you know spending time in the government or something like that. Those are good, but you don't have to that way. Well, that's so, I, and you know, I never really thought about women in the field until last week on your Clubhouse talk, because everybody, Elijah does a Clubhouse chat on Saturdays, and there was a woman, I can't, her name is slipping my mind right now, but she, I read her bio, and I was like, oh, she, okay, so, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is what she does, huh? and then it made me kind of think, like, wow, I mean, there are women in the, you know, Secret Service, and in FBI, and, yes. but, but they feel so Hollywood, if that makes sense. Like, I only think of like um, Priyanka Chopra in, I think her show was Ho Homeland and she's like FBI agent, but she's beautiful and she's famous. I never think of her like, oh, I could, you know, if I were to need security one day, I could hire a woman and she's gonna do that. Yeah, yeah those are real careers. But again, it's kind of a hidden market, which is good, but you know, in terms of creating opportunities and, you know, you know, just like if you look at, the, like I talk about the music industry all the time because I'm very involved in it, but there's, <laughs> there's a ton of, you know, I'm involved in the music industry and I can't rap, I can't sing, I don't dance, you know what I mean? You can dance, but yeah. you decided not to. But my point is, is that there's other things that you can do within that industry, mm. and but people don't know about it. It's a hidden market. So it's the same thing. So there's women who might be interested in getting into the, um, the personal protection industry, which is the part that I do in security, but they just, they never knew about it. They don't think about it, so. Yeah, because we just think of like a big guy. Now, speaking of being a part of the music industry, but not being a musician, behind you, you have a lot of plaques. I do. So can you tell us <laughs> maybe one of the plaques you have behind you and then like, how I, I think that it's amazing and necessary. And I love that you get the plaques too, because guess what, if the artist isn't protected, Ain't no album coming out, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. I remember the first one I got. I, you know, I worked with an artist who's, he was major. He he sold ten million records and. Can um, you tell us who it was? Well, you can Google it and find out. But okay, look. But anyway, look. He, so so he sells all of these records. It was this huge album that you definitely have on your playlist, right? And uh, and the um, I think we had. We did like the American Music Awards or something like that. And the label came and they they gave me this package. And I thought that it was for him. And I'm like, okay, great, cool. You got your, you know. And it was like, no, no, that was for you. And so it was kind of cool to have like my first platinum album. And of course, again, I don't sing or dance or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, so that, that was kind of nice. And so- somebody put, somebody put in the comments that it's Usher. <laughs> you gotta ask him, so how about that? We have to ask him. Elijah is not, I am going to say, guys, it was Usher, but you heard it. You didn't hear it here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's so interesting, Elijah? Because when I was like prepping for this interview, uh, I was like, I was, this was the first interview that I've had in my 24 episodes previously of Modcast where I'm like, I, I know in my brain that there are certain things that I cannot ask because I just don't want to put you in like a precarious or compromising situation where you have to be like, no. But it's amazing because even though we're really good friends, like your professional boundary is so clear. And I, and I know that that's one of the reasons why you are who you are and where you are. 
in in this profession because uh, those lines never get blurred. I, I you, you know this from like experience, right? Dealing with me. <laughs> yes, but the thing is, is that I also just don't. I try not to ask too much because I don't want you to have to say no, like no, or just like not answer because I know you're like eh, I don't want to just be rude, so I just don't ask. <laughs> and I know that, and the things that we can talk about, we talk about freely. <laughs> and then the other things, I'm like, that's his job. It's like if I sign an NDA for a movie, I can't just like go and blast the world, then I lose my credibility. Right. Nah. You know? But the cool thing about it is, I'm at a lot of these places, and you're at a lot of these places too, so we're in the same spot, so we already know. Which is really, which is so cool. And again, you know, I just want to shout out Felton, who I met when I was 19 and I was an intern for music videos. Hey. And Felton built my first website and just always looked out for me. And then we became like best of friends. And Felton has always just been like family, like been like a brother to me and hey. brought me around his friends who like you, we've become great friends and it's awesome. Yeah, that's my guy. He's he's a terrific guy, and uh, um, felt it connected us. And then like he keeps he 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 puts positive people around each other. You know what I mean? And that's like a great attribute to have. You know, uh, so then if like you know something like oh I need this, he's like oh I got somebody for you. Or the same thing is like I've got somebody that's looking for this. Like it's like being a connector is great, but being a connector where you don't want anything from that. You know what I mean? It's just organic. Like, I love that. No, it is it is incredible. And I think that it's like a really special thing that he possesses. I don't know what the word would be, but it's like a special thing that he possesses. And, and I'm just so thankful because through him, I've met some people who, like yourself, I consider lifelong friends. Um, and so that that is a blessing. So I know that you are a big reader. Um, and you're an author, as we all know. Everybody, make sure you get Elijah's book. It's called An Introduction to Celebrity Protection and Touring, A Guide to Mastering the Business of VIP Security. What now, my... Huh? What if they don't care about that stuff? No, Elijah, hmm? you have to care. Let me tell you, my copy of the book is in LA, and I'm in New York right now, because normally I would be having the book like this, like, buy the book, but unfortunately, I'm stuck in New York in this blizzard. Right. This is why you have to care. Because when I was reading it, I was learning about things and it made me think about things for my own personal safety that I've never thought about before. Okay. And so I think that you have to read it because it makes us think about things in a different way um, and in a safe way. Okay. And I think if you're any, the reality is, is at this point, everybody is a public persona if you have social media so mm -hmm. which makes you a target yep. so whether you're usher or whether you're the guy that works at the bodega or the young lady talk but, oh thank you <laughs> you you are at risk and so it just made me think about things and just kind of being more cautious because you know, in my life, like, you know, I'm like joyful and I, you know, I love life and I'm from the hood. And I had to learn how to shake a lot of like paranoia and, you know, like PTSD from growing up in the hood. Mm. But then reading a book like yours was just like a great reminder of like shake off the negative of the PTSD, but don't lose that 
sense of yeah. awareness and right. caution right. and all that stuff. So whether you want to be in personal security or not, it's a great read. So this is why you need to buy the book. One, it's a great read. <laughs> Two, you need to support my friends. Three, it's Black History Month. Support a Black author. Mm. Bam. There we are. There's That's three. where we are. I'll take it. Those are why. Also, everybody, Elijah has these really cool sweatsuits. They're sweatshirts and sweatpants. And they say icon. Yo, I'm hiring you as my publicist. Let's make and it go. <laughs> you can pay me in merchandise. <laughs> um, and so support that too. What I love about it is you actually work with, you work with real icons of like music and entertainment. Mm. But I, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but when I saw it and like, even the way you decided like on the name of your company, but for me, like if I'm wearing a shirt that says icon, mm. it's kind of like a reminder that like, you never know who's watching you and you can be somebody's icon. There you go. I like that. And for that, it just, it makes me happy. Like, because I feel like it's, not an equalizer, but it's definitely like a, like a self-esteem boost. Mm. And like a reminder, like, oh, yeah, you never know who is watching you. You know what I'm saying? Um, so oh, Big-ass merch package, just so you know. Just, you know. <laughs> and then when everybody sees it on my Instagram, I'm, I'm going to be modeling. I'm going to be modeling. <laughs> modeling. Uh. Oh, you see what I did there? Oh, you did that. Elijah. This is, you know that this is an ongoing. So there's the modcast, I modify, I modulate. I do all the things, Modul I model. What model, okay, I got this. And I model. So outside of your own book, which you wrote and published in 2018, congratulations, amazing. Everybody is on Amazon. And you can also just look up Elijah Shaw on Amazon. If you Google, I mean, if you look up on Amazon, Elijah Shaw Security, the book comes up first. It doesn't come up. You just put my name in. Um, let me see. It it, it like it like which it it populates security. <laughs> it does just come up if you put Elijah Shaw in. Excuse oh. me. Excuse me. It does just come up. Um. So Elijah, I know that besides your own book, you're a voracious reader. What yeah. are some What are some of your favorite books or books that bring you joy or things that you like turn to? Yeah. Um. I mean, I read a ton of stuff, like, and I'm kind of all over the board with it. Um, but there's some books that I kind of return to, like, time and time again. So I guess those would count as my favorite. Um, like, The Alchemist is a great book, which it's a great book. Like, that's one of my favorites. Um, like, I'm I rereading it right now. So, like, I re and you should like listen to it on audiobook too. Like, oh. really good on on audiobook format. Yeah, yeah. Because right like, now I'm reading it in French with my grandmother. We do this Zoom French book club. Gotcha. Look at that stunt. Yeah, I'm reading it in French with my eyes closed. All right. <laughs> 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 Hilarious! Hilarious! My mom. My mom is on here, by the way, Elijah. You haven't oh, met my mom yet. No, I haven't. But I, I caught her on the uh, on the podcast. Yes. He saw you on the podcast. And my mom just wrote, that's Maddie's fave. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so The Alchemist is a, is, is, a, is a book I like. Like Switching Gears, there's like a, um, a book in marketing. It's called Made to Stick. That's like one of my favorite books. It's like why some ideas stick and some don't. Like, I'm writing that major stick. Uh -huh. oh, Made to Stick, it's a really good book. 
like why some people pop and why you know what I mean? Like why do you you know, wow. why, you know like why do you do this versus this? Even though people might have the same similar ideas. I love that. Yeah, so that's one of the ones I return back to. And then there's like the Art of War. Oh, here's a cool book that um that's industry related kind of. Fifty did a book. Oh, hustle harder, hustle hard, hustle harder, hustle smarter. I think I said that right. Hustle harder, hustle smarter. It's really good. Hustle. Oh, I've never heard of that. Is it a newer or old book? They brought out last year. Oh, I did hear about that book. Yeah, it's it's strong. Like, I mean, there's like a lot of jewels in there, and it, and it feels like, you know what I mean? Like, he's really given some some like lessons that you can apply into like your industry and then like your personal life and and how you interact with people. So, I was really impressed. So yeah, so that's a that's a book that I'm I I just finished up, uh, super recent. So. Yeah, so like, again, I'm all over the board with the stuff I read. And it's so interesting because uh, uh, somebody else told me that I should read his book. And I was like, but he's a bully online. Like, I don't like, I don't subscribe to that, you know, to that kind of energy. Sure. You know, I don't really like it. And then now I'm hearing it from you. So I guess I should pick up the book and read it. You just mentioned about you were going to bully me. Oh, I'm 100% <laughs> a bully. I, oh. But you know what? I I bully I bully people to greatness. Okay, all right. Is that that's is that so a, like is that a modism? It's yes. I bully me and Chloe actually both do it. So we bully people into greatness. So like, and because because I'm an artist, yeah, I see the artist in you, okay. and obviously you're killing it in your industry. But I'm like, hey, this is what I do. So if I could be of helping hand or, you know, lending of bullying, et cetera, et cetera, I want to do that. So you're going to make this bullying thing sound like a good thing. It's a good thing because it's not like I'm like mean. Like when he's online, he bullies people and they're mean. And he's mean. He's like, you're ugly. He says things like that. I'm like, Elijah, we need this art show within the next six months or yeah. else. He did say it like that too. I don't know what the or else is, but like that. <laughs> the or else is dot dot dot. The or else is I'm gonna be bothering you even more about this. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> My mom said you encourage, but sometimes you bully. <laughs> there it is. See, one of my one of my old students and friends from Brazil just wrote, "Mod bullies us to get us moving and getting stuff done." <laughs> Yo, I've seen some of your videos where you're like, you know, you got the, you know, you're getting the choreography right and you got, you're motivating the troops. It's kind of stern sometimes. Oh, Elijah, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Like, if, if I didn't, if you saw how I teach, you'd be like, maybe I should hire Maude. Because <laughs> she was, <laughs> you know what's funny, Elijah? One time I had to play security. Okay. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I was a PA, I was 20, maybe 21. I was a PA on a Lil Wayne video called Hustler Music. And it was a four day shoot. And we shot in Harlem at, where do we, uh, at the Carter. Do you, well, we call it the Carter from New Jack City. New Jack City, you know that like. Yeah, the building, yeah, right. That uh -huh. building, right? Mm -hmm. So I, they told me, so we're shooting in the Carter everybody's you know the whole hood is out because this is Lil Wayne at the Carter and this is when Lil Wayne was like Lil Wayne you know like big big 
and I'm a PA and they're like, and it's dead of winter, New York. They're like, Maude, we need you to do crowd control. I'm like, what? And they're like, we need you to make sure that everybody who lives here right. stays behind these cones. Elijah, it was like 200 people yeah. from 116th and St. Nick, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. And of course, they all want to get closer. They all want to get closer. And I was like, you know, everybody's bigger than me. And I, you know, I'm, I was probably a sophomore in college at Columbia. And I'm like, and I, I told the, the AD, I was like, there are so many guys that are PAs. Like, you don't want to get them. And they're like, nah, nah, Maud, you got this. You got this. I'm like, what is this, like hazing? So, I'm, so I go and I'm like, hi, everybody. I literally do this. I'm like, hey, everybody. I'm Maud. I'm a PA here. I'm the lowest person on the totem pole right. in this whole production. I am a nobody. I'm new. My job is to keep y'all from coming across here. Can you please just not come across? Okay. And one person is like, this is my neighborhood. This is my neighborhood. Da -da 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 -da. I said, right. but if you're a fan of Lil Wayne, don't you want him to be able to execute his video so we can all see the video? I literally had no problems. <laughs> So, Mark, actually, that's, that was actually pretty good. You know what that's called? That's called verbal judo. Verbal judo. Oh, I got to write that down. That's the actual thing, Maude. So you, 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 had, you, you had, like, some judo skills there. That's what you did. I'm impressed. Oh, well, not, not that, not that. <laughs> <laughs> but, Elijah, I was scared. Like, I was like, somebody's going to curse me out. Yeah. Or, like... You know, who snatched me up. Who up, though? They, yeah, MK just said they said, yes, they set me up. And I'm like, what in the hazing was <laughs> this? I survived, though. Yeah, you survived, right. I survived. Made I also, what'd you say? Made you tougher, like, you know. It made me tougher. And then I kept working on rap music videos. Okay. And then I had a line. A line was drawn. And then I was done. Ah, got see, there's that line, right? So, oh, and yes, I got a line, and it was over. Uh, and then I never looked back. I feel like there's another story of that that maybe we can't talk about on, like the market. It's, it's just it's a it's it's actually I mean, it's a crazy story, and you probably heard about it. This it was in 2006, and when Buster Rhymes' personal security got murdered on set, I was there hiding behind a forklift. Yeah. And oh. I was like, never again. I was call I, ca I called Chloe. I'm laying on the ground behind something. And I was like, not for a rap video. Mm. Wow. I didn't know that story. I didn't know you were like around that time. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, I was in it. Because this was after I had been, I had been, you know, hazed. And then people knew me. Mm -hmm. And I, and people, like I became a very sought after PA. And then I started getting like promoted. On that video, I wasn't even PA, I was like artist liaison. Okay. And so I had to just make sure that all, cause it was a ton of artists. I had to make sure that everybody just kind of like had what they needed. And I was like the point person. And so I had been promoted, but then I was like, nope, never again. Thank you very much, I'm done. Grand opening, grand closing. Yep, uh-huh, yeah. yep. And I was like, no. And and it it definitely was like a awakening, and I think, and I'm sure you can speak on this is like people don't know how to separate like the entertainment from the real life. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a tough one, for sure. Like, you know, there, there's definitely some challenges in that. And um, I think that's what we talk about when we talk about, like, kind of choosing your battles and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you, you're like, yep, I'm not going to be in that world anymore. And then there's people that, you know, have to be in that world or, or, or can operate in that space with no problems. Uh, and then there's other people that's like, nah, this isn't for me. I need to, you know, I'm going to go do something else, even if it's in, a, in the same industry, but just doing something related. No, I mean, I think it's, but I love what that you said earlier, like if you love music and you want to be in the music industry, but maybe you can't um, sing or rap or dance or whatever, there are other ways to, I, I to can participate. Stop, stop trying to throw shots. <laughs> there are other ways to participate. Yeah. But okay, so here's an interesting question. I think it's interesting and I would, I have a friend who's a singer, a Grammy award-winning singer, and she she once told me, you can't date or hire your fans. And so if you're a young person and this is the industry you want to get into and maybe it's personal security, how do you check that barometer for yourself? Like, oh, I'm a huge fan of 50 Cent, but will that compromise? Like, how do you figure that out? Yeah, I mean, it's... You, you do have to do that self-check because if you if you come into it for the wrong reasons it's going to get exposed like you know in some kind of way so um and i say it all the time you know if if you're going to be in the industry like you have to treat it like a job and i know you do because we, we have talks like that and i see how you move you have to treat it like a job if you if you're in for like the entertainment part or just to be popping or just to be in that life or you know what i mean or you know like that's a whole different um that's a whole different beast like you know what i mean mm -hmm. like you could do that it doesn't have the same outcome though and and it and it rarely works out when people kind of mix both of those worlds together um you could be a fan of someone's music mm -hmm. i mean i see it all the time like you know like in a music video set like people will appreciate someone's music but they can't geek out over them and still work you know and right can't be there and like, yo, let me let you listen to my mixtape. You know, like, it's just not going <laughs> to It's, it's going to shut down a lot of doors, like, really quick. So, um, and that's one of the things I have to work out, watch out for in my industry. So when I have people that are interested in getting in the business or I'm thinking about putting them on an assignment or doing something like that, like, I have to, like, technically they might be able to do the job. They have the skills, but mm -hmm. I have to, I have to get a sense of, like, the character and how they're going to act in certain situations and I can't wait until they're in that situation for that to happen. No, I mean, it's it's so true because I, and probably you, I mean, you have to actively think about it, but sometimes I forget the privilege of being around celebrities since yeah. I was younger because they're just real people. Yeah. But if you've never met a celebrity before, it's like, yeah. it can go haywire. Mm -hmm. And so no, I, I think, it, okay. So because I, previous to being privy to one hanging, before I'd ever hung out with a celebrity, and when I say hung out, I mean like gone out with, like to the club or to a restaurant. I never really understood. I would always be like, oh, that person, like when I was in high school, I'd be like, oh, that person wasn't nice. They didn't want to give an autograph or they didn't stop and talk or da 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 mm -hmm. And now having been on the other side, I see how overwhelming it can be. Yeah. Um, and so 
I just wanted to ask you, like for my young people here listening, mm -hmm. what is something that maybe they could help them understand that like, let's say their favorite celebrity walks by and doesn't have time to stop to give them an autograph, where, mm -hmm. that, where that might come from, not necessarily a place of meanness, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, clearly if you're like a fan, that means that you, you, know, you get an opportunity to see somebody that you hadn't seen before or something like that, so you're excited about it. But a lot of times it's just the approach, you know? And, you know, one of the things is if you, you know, you start screaming in the mall and you're running towards you, don't, you won't have the same amount of success. But there are people that like can approach a situation like respectfully and a good tip for somebody is like, you know, like go to somebody else in the entourage and just kind of mention there, you know, just say like, hey, I'm a big fan of this, you know? And so, and then like, if you had, you know, really, and really, like nobody really wants photographs these days. They all want like selfies. But right. you, know, if, you know, if you had a piece of paper and a pen, and you passed it to you know somebody that's in the entourage, chances are that's going to get back to you with with the with the autograph. Sometimes, again, with the the, the selfies, etc., that's a lot more difficult because you got to think about it. Here's a person whose entire day is spent navigating, so they have to just take pictures all day. That can get old, and then there's some risks that are involved with that, because you have to stop. Somebody's, you know, got to take the picture. They're going to put their arm around you. Then they got to turn down the other person. So, again, it's a, there's a lot more to it if you think about it. But, you know, most of the majority of, of celebrities that I've worked with and around, they want to do that if they can, but it's just, logistically, it's kind of impossible to sign everybody's autograph and take a picture with everyone. I think the challenge is sometimes is how that gets conveyed. Like how you say right. like, And that's that verbal judo thing again. No, and I mean, it, you're so good at it, but I just was thinking about it as like a young person, you know, cause it could be disappointing. Like, oh, they didn't stop for me. Mm -hmm. But then when you're on the other side, you're like, oh, this person is running to an airplane right now and doesn't have time to stop. Yeah, or and maybe they stopped four or five times before they got to you. So it's just like, all right, you know, if, if we keep stopping, we're never gonna make that plan. Exactly. No, I mean, it's, it's fast. It, it's such a fascinating world that you that you navigate. Because there's so many, there are great people. And then there are also a lot of vultures. And for you to have that distinction is very, it's amazing. Like, I wish, you know, you know, when people like date somebody or they were friends with somebody, they're like, I wish I had seen this coming. I feel <laughs> like you saw it. <laughs> I feel like you knew already. You didn't need to like, wish i feel like you're like oh i know that i sensed this in them uh, yeah. one of my students leah has a question for you she says mr elijah uh, do you ever get starstruck like when you're working with someone that you've dreamed of working with and if so how do you stay cool mm, it's a great question um the answer to that is no though i i don't really get starstruck i think it's because i've been doing this for a really long time but I will tell you a funny story, which I told not too long ago. That's why I remember it. Somebody asked me, like, yo, was there anybody you saw and you just, like, couldn't believe you see them? And I had to think really hard about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was at the Grammys one year, and I was inside the Grammys. There's, like, obviously all these famous people there. It's a big night in, in, in entertainment. And walking past, like, right next to me was Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Which, oh, wow. And I... <laughs> Didn't expect to see him at the Grammys. And not only that, but he had on a cross, but it was like a diamond cross. It was like, I think like Puff might have gave him this cross or something like that. He had like this diamond cross on his neck. And so, and so it was just a little like cognitive dissonance. 
uh, where I looked at him and I was just like, yo, is this the dude that I used to see? You know what I mean? Like, you know. Like, you don't belong here. Yeah, like, why are you, like, at the Grammys and I wasn't expecting you to, you know what I mean? So so that was like, a, like I remember just like, yo, this is really cool, right? That's so, I thought you were going to say, like, Prince or somebody. Because when you say uh, Grammys. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. So, so, so my stuff is more like seeing, you know, like, you know, I had a chance to, to, to meet, you know, President Obama a couple of times because of the business. And so those are things where it's just like, I wasn't planning on that. And then you're like, oh, this is really cool. Elijah, uh -huh. when I meet Barack Obama uh -huh. and Michelle Obama, mm -hmm. I've already rehearsed what I'm saying. You've rehearsed? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a speech? I already have bullet points of what I'm saying. All right, remember when we were talking about this fan thing? You got to be careful, Maude. You can't, No, like... well, no. My bullet point for, for President Obama is that I we both went to the same college. He's a, he's a Columbia University alum. And my entire graduation was yeah. basically them promoting us to vote for Barack Obama because I graduated in 08, in May. So your, your, your pitch to President Obama is that you voted for him. <laughs> no, that we both went to the same college. That we okay. both went to the same college. We mm. have similar backgrounds. Gotcha. He likes to dance. I'm a dancer. You know, I just have so many things. I also was in, it hasn't come out yet, but I'm actually in their first Netflix show. Oh, okay. Do yeah. Talk, do I no, I don't think you do that. But I, well, I'm like, I don't have like a main role. I'm just a dancer. But let me tell you. <laughs> When I got that call, I said, right. yes. <laughs> I take it he wasn't around then. But no, he, Michelle was, Michelle was. Right. But yeah, it was, it was awesome. And she's, I mean, she's everything. I, I, mean, I thought I'd be starstruck when I met Oprah. I met her a year and a half ago. Right. And, I, and I, I mean, I wasn't. The only time I was starstruck in real life was when I met Prince. And I was only 14. So I was allowed to be starstruck. Yo, you've done a TED Talk. Like, I mean, people are going to be starstruck <laughs> you right now. Like, you nailed that. So what are you talking about? Thank yeah. you, Elijah. I can't wait for you to do a TED Talk. You inspired me. I got to make this happen. Oh, like, thank you. That means a lot to me, Elijah. <laughs> I want you to do a TED Talk because I think what you do is so important. And you do it with so much grace and so much professionalism and so much joy, which is, which is ironic because... It's not something that you would think of as like a joyful profession, but this is why I wanted you on the podcast to, you know, you're defying the stereotype. Mm, okay. I'm but I that. mean, on the, on the flip side, don't test the waters because he is a professional. <laughs> I just have to clarify that one really quick, Elijah. I don't want anybody to think I'm soft, Mark. Come on. Oh, you're, I mean, Elijah, all we have to do is see you in your workout videos online and they will know not to, not to mess with at all let me tell you if they're smart no and if and also to educate themselves and and i think that this is also an amazing your course is an amazing opportunity for a lot of young people who maybe don't have the means to go to college or the desire to go to college like this is an incredible career to be pursued and looked into no like like for real though like you know obviously you should to get into this, like you should have a passion for it or interest in like, you know, having to take you somewhere because it's it's a difficult and demanding career. But like, you know, I've had guys that have gone through the program that are like, like 
working at like the highest levels and you know what I mean yeah. in the field and they, like so they've gone through the steps and so to be able to see that like you know there's a couple of them like bouncing around here in the comments I don't know how I you love it time, but um but like like that is like super rewarding and I don't want to take credit for any of that but I just think it's impressive that they they follow the blueprint and then they and now they're doing the things that they want to do and so that's like super cool there's a guy named Michael Brown who um I'm from Chicago you know this but I'm from Chicago, and, and he came through my doors at, like, I think he was 21 or something like that. And he was, he really was like, yo, I want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, yo, this, this is a process, bro. And he went through that process. And, wow. you know, killing the game, you know what I mean? You know, you know, it's, you know so it's like, and it's, there's multiple people like that where they just, they're, they, they're, they, they have a desire. Because, again, there's a common trait between the, the people that I'm thinking about in my head right here. They had that desire, and then they took that and just said, okay, I'm going to do the work that it requires, and then that'll get them to where they want to go. And then it's like setbacks and missteps and all that, which is natural, but mm -hmm. at the end of that, and you're like, wow, this was worth it. That make, that pushed you to want to work harder for the next you know, ladder, next step that you're going to get to. I mean, it's amazing, Elijah, because I feel like you're giving back so much, and something that I often think about is legacy. Um, and I feel like you're just solidifying your legacy um, in this profession, mm. which I think is so important because, again, you know, you're the background, you know what I mean, to the person. But again, none of this works. The machine doesn't work if that if that superstar, if that icon, ha ha, if that <laughs> icon can't so show up healthy and happy and feeling safe. Yeah. You know, as a performer, I know, like if I felt like there was some crazy person in the audience after me, I would not be able to dance full out. Right. No, no, for sure. I mean, we, we, we do an important job. Um, it's a job that, you know, some people recognize, other people just, you know, look at it. Like they don't even think about it. It's just, you know, I mean, you don't think about like, the baggage guy that puts the stuff on the plane, like you just... I actually do. Okay. I always say a little you prayer might. for them when I watch them in the colds. You might, but I'm just saying. So, but it's just <laughs> thing or whatever. But but the reward doesn't come for that for for most of us in, in the industry. It's just you know, like you got them where they needed to be safely, or there was this challenge and you dealt with. And the, the best part is when you can deal with something like that, and the client never even knows about it. So, like yes. there's, there's little rewards that come with the business there. So. Elijah, somebody wants to know what, when is the next course and how do, how do people find you? Is it best they just find you on Instagram if they want to take a class or buy the book or is there a website? What's best? Yeah, yeah. so the next course is actually coming up at the end of this month, the 26th, I think, which is in Colorado. Uh, but yeah, the easiest way on Instagram is just go to my bio and I've got one of those link trees under the bio and it has like the book and the merch and the course and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So everything's like all in one place. I love it. Okay, Elijah, before we wrap up the modcast, because I end with five fire questions, so they're fast. Oh, come but on. Just, well, with pressure. Like. Oh, I love a fire question. But okay. I just want to say thank you so much, Elijah. I know you're so busy. And thank you for making the time to talk to me and everybody here. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is also going to be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts tomorrow. That's dope. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> And new year, new year, new growth. And um, thank you. I, I think you're so inspiring. I love you. I'm so thankful. I feel very privileged and lucky to thank 
to call you a friend and thank you for always looking out for me um when i have my my moments um <laughs> i've talked to you off the edge a couple of times and yes and for advising me and just making me feel safer like i promise you knowing that you are you're like you're like looming always it makes me feel safer no matter where i am in the world fair enough okay five fire questions all right so what do i gotta do I'm going to ask you a question. You have to like hurry. You can't be like, uh, uh, uh. You have to be like, <laughs> Food that brings you joy. Mangoes. Damn, you're good. A person that brings you joy. Mar. Oh, thank you. City that brings you joy. Chicago. Song that brings you joy. Uh, I love Supreme by John Coltrane. Say that one more time. Slower. Supreme by John Coltrane. And one more book that brings you joy. Mmm. See, now, I hit, okay, so my favorite book is, in fiction, is a science fiction book called Dune, which somebody's like, yo, why are you reading this fiction book? But it's like super dope, D-U-N-E, by a guy named Frank Herbert. He wrote it in the 60s, and it is like this, it's just like a, it, the book will make you think. It's a really hard read, but if you get through it, like you get, I read it like, I first started reading it when I was in college, and then I went back to this book like every year I would reread this book. So it's something that's super impactful. I love it. Also, a lot of people are commenting are are commenting on your song choice, "A Love Supreme" by John Coltrane. Yeah, that whole suite, that whole album, crazy, right? That's my favorite album. It is. I I can't even put it into words. It is a love supreme. It is yeah. supreme. If you can literally just throw that on and it's just like just vibe to it. And it's an hour. That whole thing is about fifty-seven or so <laughs> minutes. And it is, it's like, it, it's transcending. Like, it's amazing. Well, I put it, I wrote it down for one of my students. <laughs> I don't sit around in the house doing this, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, I do. <laughs> Everybody, this was the 25th episode of the Modcast. My incredible guest, the amazing Elijah Shaw. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at Sunseer. Um, check out his book, his merch, his courses. Um, just an all around fantastic human being, friend, businessman, entrepreneur, photographer, and look out for his photography show coming in 2022 because of the pandemic. We're going to have to postpone it a year, but thank you all for coming and don't forget to modify your day. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mar. Thanks Elijah. Love you. Bye.